Relying on someone who doesn't know you or your situation to give you specific financial advice is just plain dumb. That's why everything said on this show is just helpful information. If you want specifics, give us a call. All opinions expressed here are ours. GenWealth Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. This week, we continue going back to the classroom in August. We're calling it Retirement 101. This week, the basics of where we are in the economic cycle. And if you're retiring soon, the perfect storm that could be brewing in the markets and how it could affect you. All that, plus analysis from LPL Financial Senior Market Strategist, Ryan Dietrich. This is the Get Ready for the Future Show. And we welcome you into another edition of the Get Ready for the Future Show. Glad to have you along on this Saturday all across Arkansas. Hope you're having a great weekend and the final Saturday in August. It is the final week of our Retirement 101 month, going back to the classroom. The kids are settled back in. The learning is getting a little more intense, I'm sure, than it was the first week of class. And we're going to get a little more intense today as we talk about the perfect storm that could be brewing in the financial markets ahead of you possibly retiring. So if you are five years or so, five years or less away from retirement, this is a show you really want to have your ears tuned into for the next hour. Glad to have you along. My name is Scott Inman. John Shrewsbury to my right and Janet Walker to his right and one of the newest members of the GenWealth team, Mark Osorio, is here with us on board for this broadcast. Mark, say hello to everybody for the first time. Good morning, Scott. Yeah, yeah. How's it going? Good. How are you? Doing fantastic. Glad to be here. You ready to roll? Absolutely. All right. Mark is, Mark is one of our associate advisors and we want to spend just a minute or two before we jump off in our content for today in the show, John and Janet, to talk a little bit about what an associate advisor is at GenWealth and the concept that we are building advisor teams for our clients. Absolutely, Scott. I think that uh, as GenWealth has grown over the years, we felt the need to kind of expand our footprint, so to speak, expand our our people so that we do not have a fall off in service as our client right. base gets bigger. And so, Janet, what we've done is we form these teams. They're, they're called diamond teams. And a diamond team essentially is if you visualize a baseball diamond, you have four positions. You have the catcher, you have the second baseman, and then you have the first and third baseman. And so it forms this diamond. And that team, if you will, is how we're going to service our clients going forward. So a a diamond team is typically made up of an executive advisor, two lead advisors, and an associate advisor. So how do our clients interact with a diamond team, Janet? Well, I've thought a lot about the analogy to the, the medical world. You know, there have been situations where I've gone into a meeting where I was expecting to have, or an appointment, I should say, where I was expecting to meet with one doctor, and there were actually two in the room. And you feel pretty good when you have that going on, because what happens is one doctor gets to completely engage with you as the patient, and the other doctor takes care of a lot of things like the note-taking, the documentation that has to be done medically for you to make sure that, that they don't mess something up for you. The assignment of, of tests and, and exams yes. and things of that nature. All of those details that have to come together for you to have a successful appointment, and really we have a, a very parallel situation financially. When you're coming in to meet with a financial advisor, we have always said that that relationship between the advisors and the investor is very important to us. And if we are so focused on the details of the taking of the notes and documentation of what has to be done for follow-up, we can't focus as much on the relationship as we would like to. And so we are very intentionally headed toward a time, and many of our clients are already experiencing this, but we're continuing to grow the number of advisors so that we can get to the point where all clients on all appointments with a a GenWealth advisor actually have two advisors in the room so that they always have that experience here at GenWealth. And Scott, Mark uh, has joined our team as, as you mentioned, an associate advisor. And the associate advisor is really in a position, a very pivotal position, because they make sure that all the details are taken care of. They make sure that all the follow-up is done. They make sure that, that as we're working on the client's plan, that 
all of the uh, little intricate things that have to be done for that plan are taken care of. And so we've just developed this uh, approach to to hopefully better serve our clients as time goes on and help us to to know that we're covering all of the bases because let's face it, the world is getting more complex. Uh, we, we've got a lot of stuff to do when we're talking about someone's retirement and we're wanting to make sure that, that we deliver on our promise of having excellent client service. I don't know if you realize it, but you used the baseball diamond analogy and then you said what I was thinking, we're covering all the bases. That's, that's right. That's really what we're doing. Mark, I want to give you a chance too to kind of talk a little bit about, we always we always do this when we bring somebody on the first time, just a little bit about your background and, and how you how you wound up here at GenWealth. Absolutely. So I uh, definitely come from you know humble beginnings growing up and um, family didn't have much. And so uh, in college, I decided that I wanted to you know, d- work in, in business. And so I took my degree in finance, graduated from Harding uh, in 2012. Then I uh, worked as an analyst for a few years, as well as uh, an investment representative at Fidelity Investments before coming on to GenWealth. All right. Well, we and you've been here a few months now, and we haven't gotten a chance to work together in that team just yet, but we are starting to. We're starting to meet with with clients together. And when you think about how that works for for you, if you're listening out there today, and what to expect when you come in, and we've talked about this before, but you're ideally, and obviously schedules are going to dictate this to some degree for us as a team, but ideally you're going to have, as John and Janet already alluded to, two advisors in the room for you with you as they talk through that initial appointment and start to talk about your goals and, and get things down on paper. And I think about it as as a lead advisor on the team, I'm really engaged in that conversation. I know you guys mm-hmm. are too when you're talking to, to clients. So there is that tendency for me to not be able to write everything down. So I don't want to call it all note-taking, but they're trying to pick up on things that need to be put down so that when we plan, because we typically at GenWealth have two appointments, at least, maybe more, we're going to have an initial appointment where we kind of collect all that data, talk to you about your uh, your dreams and your goals and your, your financial situation, and then we're going to spend time about two weeks between appointment one and appointment two putting that plan together. So this Diamond Team concept where you'll have two advisors in the room with you allows you to have a conversation and that lead advisor is able to kind of think through what questions to ask to get you to the right places so that we can get the right information. And then you have the associate advisor getting all that down on paper so that the plan can be as good as it strong as it can be. Scott, and just about every aspect of life, two is better than one. I know I, I will just say that the, yeah. the only time I think two is not better than one is when there's two snakes and just not what, just one. <laughs> and so just back to my whole snake story that everybody's very <laughs> Save familiar it for with. another day. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, the, the idea of having two advisors in the room uh, and being able to to cover all of those bases, as we said, we just think it's the right thing to do. Uh, we we just think that it's the thing that that will help you to uh, have a better experience as you plan for retirement, as you navigate the waters of retirement. It helps us to be sure that we are indeed covering all those bases. And hopefully, Janet, we will be able to expand this across the entire company as time goes on. Absolutely. And so with that in mind, by the way, if you are interested maybe in becoming a financial advisor, uh, particularly if you're located near a GenWealth office, Uh, We would love to hear from you and determine if if maybe you might be a good fit for our team, whether you have a background in the industry or not. Uh, We are looking for people who are of good character and who are hardworking. And uh, John, how else would you describe the, the people that we're looking for? I think that that you have to have a a heart of a teacher. I think you have to have a heart for a client. I yes. think that is the the key to everything that we do here at GenWealth is that we are so client focused that somebody that comes in here with with a hard driving sell at any cost mentality is probably not going to make it. It's not going to be one of those things that that they're going to be a good cultural fit for us. And really, we pay attention to cultural fit because cultural fit drives results. So Scott, how do they contact us? Our main number here at GenWealth is 501-653-7355, 501-653-7355. All part of building a ready-to-retire process. We're going to talk about that in today's show as we get into the perfect storm. But stay tuned next for our interview with LPL Financial Senior Market Strategist Ryan Dietrich. 
Stay in touch with the Get Ready for the Future show during the week. Search Facebook for Gen Wealth Financial Advisors or follow us on Twitter at Gen Wealth FA. More straight talk about money after this break. Life can be so busy, it's hard to even picture retirement. That's why you need somebody you can trust who will paint that picture and help turn dreams into reality. Plan, personalize, and protect your future with the team at GenWealth. Call 877-341-7355 to schedule an appointment. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. And on the radio side, Ryan Dietrich coming up just around the corner, senior market strategist from LPL Financial. And he's going to do a deeper dive into some of the things, John, that we're going to talk about in today's fastest four minutes in investing. And when you set this up, when you tee it up for the next four minutes, we're talking about the macro economic view. That's the bigger picture, the pullback yep. and looking at some of the things that are going on and what that means for investors moving forward. Absolutely, Scott. The macroeconomics is what we follow a lot at GenWealth because we believe that it's really not all the little things that happen from time to time, uh, the, the Brexits and the things like that. We believe it's that broad brush economic trends that really determine the outcome of our investors. And that really does dovetail with the fact that we're not traders. We don't look at somebody's portfolio and say, okay, we're going to zig and and do this and do that, we're much more of a broad view. And so that allows us to take advantage of some of the macroeconomic things that we see and position portfolios accordingly. We're looking for outcomes for our clients. We want them to reach their goals. And that is a long-term time horizon. So you may be thinking, well, when you listen to us, you think about, well, you guys are always talking about short-term things, but that's really an encouragement for you to not get wound up. If we can talk about the overall macroeconomic view that when volatility happens, understand what's going on in the bigger picture. Absolutely. Like right now, we have volatility in the market. The markets are, are pretty volatile uh, currently. Uh, and, and as you think about that, that might cause some fear. But the underlying principle here with the U.S. economic growth is that we're expecting gross domestic product to come in somewhere between 2.75 and 3% for 2018. And Scott, that means that basically there is an absence of recession. And when when there is an absence of recession that actually does portend longer term good things for the stock market, especially the, the equity markets that are very economic sensitive. And the nation is growing. Consumer spending is also strong, a strong labor market. That's another thing that supports uh, supports the underlying fundamentals of the economy. I want to talk a little bit about inflation because that's, I think, one of the things that come up when people start talking about headwinds, potential headwinds. Some inflation is a good thing. Some inflation is a good thing. I think you should always anticipate inflation, and we need inflation to drive economic growth. Inflation is is how we make more money. It's how businesses make more money, uh, and it's just a natural part of a healthy economy. However, you want to be on guard against maybe excessive inflation. We haven't seen excessive inflation in a long time, but as we'll talk later in the, the radio show, you have to understand that just because because it hasn't been around for a while doesn't necessarily mean that it's not going to be a problem in the future. We are seeing economic activity heighten. We are seeing that the economy is beginning to heat up a little bit. And those are the things that cause inflation. A little bit of inflation is good. A lot of inflation is kind of like salt in the soup, you know, yeah. a little bit flavors it up really nicely, but a lot of it can really spoil the soup. And so we're on guard from an inflationary standpoint to make sure that inflation does doesn't spoil the soup. One final note before we end uh, our fastest four segment, let's talk a little bit about opportunities and more specifically when it comes to investing emerging markets. Emerging markets had a good year in 2017, hasn't been the best 2018, but when you look at what LPL, our partners at LPL Research provide, there's some growth opportunity there. Absolutely. If you take Turkey out, it could be uh, a real buying opportunity for emerging markets. We'll have to see how that plays out because those are the most volatile markets out there. 
That is going to do it for this week's Fastest 4 Minutes in Investing. Thanks for joining us on Facebook and the Get Ready for the Future show. And that broadcast continues right after this. Don't touch that dial. Straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money is right around the corner. The Get Ready for the Future show returns after this. From the studios of the Gen Wealth Radio Network, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. And we're pleased once again to be joined by senior market strategist at LPL Financial, Ryan Dietrich, on the phone lines with us to talk a little bit about the markets and the economy as he is gracious enough to do each and every month with us. Ryan, how are you this morning? I'm doing fine, guys. Looking forward to another fun day of discussions. And John, I did see, was it your birthday recently? So happy belated birthday. Here. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. But uh, thank you very much. Better I appreciate late than it. never. Yes, You're absolutely. Yes. You absolutely. Are, you are so making us look bad because we didn't say happy birthday to him on the radio. So uh, you're uh-oh, you're one up on us now. He, he didn't want us to tell everybody he was truly 29 for the second time. So second yeah, time so ago. we just kind of skipped it. Minute, but there it is now. Okay, <laughs> yeah. let's talk more. Let's Let's yes. talk more accurate numbers. How about that? Yes. Hey, we're going to, it's not even close to Thanksgiving, but we're going to talk a little turkey to start things off, Ryan. Talk a little bit about the uh, upheaval there in that country and the possible effects. Should we be worried at all with what's going on in that country? Sure. Well, clearly there's always something to worry about, right? Now, obviously, over the past couple of weeks, the issues in Turkey have spun up. The Tur- Turkish stock market's down almost half. It's cut in half so far this year. Their lira, their currency, is down 40%. The, the thing is, this has been happening for a while. Now, why are they in trouble? A lot of it is self-inflicted. You see who's leading kind of their finance department. It's the son-in-law of the president. So, you know, they've made some decisions. Look at their current account deficit to keep this simple. They're spending a lot of money that they don't necessarily have. So they're, they're in trouble. They have a lot of inflation. And the big question, is this the first domino to fall to knock down other emerging markets and maybe give the overall global economy a cold? Fortunately, we don't think so. You look at the size of Turkey. Turkey makes up less than 1% of the overall global GDP. It's about half a percent of overall market weight of emerging markets. So it's small. That doesn't mean just because it's small, though. You look at Greece in 2010, 2011. That caused a lot of hiccups being small. But at this time, we still think this is just more of a Turkish issue. We don't expect it to kind of spread to other emerging markets. And overall, emerging markets have underperformed this year. But we think maybe this could be a buying opportunity. Some of that volatility and um, downside correction could be um, just kind of overblown and maybe some strength the second half of this year is likely in the overall emerging markets. Hey, Ryan, as we roll into the weekend now, looking back on the past week, we hit a pretty important marker on Wednesday. It was the it, We hit the longest bull market ever at that point. What's your opinion now on how long that can last moving forward? Well, that's right, Janet. I mean, we did it, right? Who would have imagined March 2009 we'd even be talking about the longest bull market ever? But this current bull market just topped the longest bull market since the 1990s. Now, it is important to note the 90s bull market was up about 425%. This one's up around 325%. So in terms of magnitude, maybe it's not the greatest bull market ever, but it is the longest. But here's where it comes full circle, right? At LPL Research, we like to say markets don't die of old age. They die of excesses. And yes, this is an old bull market, but we just are simply are not seeing the excesses we've seen at previous market peaks. So one example I like to use is this one. Wage growth currently is 2.7% year over year. How does that matter? Well, before the previous three recessions, wage growth cracked 4%. Then there's a recession about three to six months later. So again, that's just one example of it, but we're just not seeing the excesses and the overs we've seen at previous major market peaks in economic cycles and bull markets. And for that reason, we think this bull market you know, could have at least another year, maybe even another two years, as the benefits of fiscal policy and overall strong corporate profits continue to drive um, the market higher. Ryan, you mentioned profits. Uh, one of the things that we attempt to educate folks about is that after all the noise is cleared out, at the end of the day, profits and earnings of companies are really the underpinnings of the market. It's really what drives the market. And we've just come out of the uh, – our, actually, we're winding down the second quarter earnings season. And how did we do here? And and are we still seeing very strong earnings going forward? Or what's your take on this fundamental part of what drives the market? 
Well, John, that's a great point. You know, we all get caught up in the Turkish news. Remember, we were about Italy a couple months ago. I mean, there's always something to worry about, but profits drive long-term gains. And this second quarter was great. In the end, this is approximate, depending on your source, we're looking at nearly 25% year-over-year earnings growth in the second quarter. That's It was a little bit stronger in the first quarter, but those were two really, really good quarters. Now, it's important to note, on July 1st, most people are expecting earnings up about 20%. So earnings have gone from 20% to 25%. So companies have increased their earnings. They're looking out four quarters. Also, S&P 5 companies have actually increased their earnings guidance. Historically, that drops 2 to 3% during earnings season as a kind of lowball it, right? But you think about all the tariffs and things. Well, clearly what companies are saying with, with profits it's it's really not impacting them. But, you know, the argument is there, and we get it. You can potentially kind of play with the numbers on earnings. You really can't fake revenue, though. Revenue growth is up over 10% this previous quarter. That's all-time highs. Revenue is at all-time highs in the S&P 500. So revenue growth is strong. Earnings are strong. And the second half of this year, earnings continue to look strong. We could be looking at 20% earnings growth this year in 2018 after the good start of the year. And you go back in history, since 91, that's only happened four other years every single time. S&P was up at least double digits with some really good gains. So earnings do drive long-term gains. When we have this volatility, we have this pullbacks like we're going to have as we age in the economic cycle, it's very comforting to remind investors earnings are really what matter, and the earnings picture still looks really strong to us. So let's follow up on that. What's driving the earnings? Is it the tax cuts, the corporate tax cuts, or is it just general better economic activity? What's causing these companies to be more profitable? That's a great question. I think it's really a combination of all of them, right? I mean, you mentioned the tax cuts that happened, obviously, late last year. That brought with fiscal policy, and we haven't used fiscal policy really since before the financial crisis. So it kind of opened up a whole new toolbox, so to speak, for economic growth and just overall confidence. Uh, two weeks ago, small business confidence came in at the smallest level since 1983, consumer confidence is high. I mean, just confidence and animal spirits and, and, and believing in yourself. Look at productivity. Productivity came in recently at the highest level we've seen in three years. We've had really low productivity across the board in the United States, and we think it is part of this increasing confidence, leads to productivity, which can lead to more wage growth, which can further extend this uh, economic cycle, which again is over nine years old, but we still think there's uh, room to go. But overall, you look down a little, maybe one more thing on earnings. You look what's really leading us, Energy is doing really well on a year-over-year basis because energy was so down last year. But it still comes down to financials and technology. Those are the two most influential parts of the S&P 500. Both of those had really strong earnings once again. Tech had a few high-profile misses. I get it. But overall, financials and technology continue to lead on the earnings front. And those are the things we want to see leading, and that's really healthy for an overall bull market in our view. Ryan, LPL Research is always so good with the charts and graphs and stats and kind of technical analysis as well and looking back at, uh, at history. And so if we talk a little seasonality here, and we're, we're in August, and, and when you talk history and you, you mentioned August, it's typically a weak month, and then you throw into the mix that we're walking into a midterm election year and the potential anyway, if you read some polls, that there may be a switch in power with one House of Congress. How does that play in these these next couple of months as what you've seen in August so far and then looking ahead as we run up to November's election? Sure. Well, clearly August and September and October are some of those historically troublesome months. But then you get into a midterm year. It's even worse. I mean, those are some weak months historically. And why is it, like you said, there's uncertainty ahead of that election in November, the midterm elections. But the good news is should we have some downside volatility and a pullback in September, October, we wouldn't be shocked at all if that were the case. Um, you know, but the good news is late in the year, November and December historically do quite well um, after that election uh, comes in. So overall, those are concerns. Well, let's take a different look here. I came out with you guys a couple months ago. We talked about sell in May, go away. The worst six months of the year is the first of May until Halloween. And we mentioned at the time, maybe this year some other things were in play that would suggest that's not going to be the case. Well, fortunately, that's exactly been right. The S&P has been higher April, May, June, and July, those four months. Now, that's really rare because usually you sell them, they go away. It's usually weak. The rest of the year after that rare event takes place, going back to 1950, only happened 10 times. The final five months of the year have been higher every single time, all 10 times. So the fact we bucked sell and may go away, we still think we can have some volatility. But maybe the market's telling us something that the second half of this year could be one of those rare years where we continue to see uh, some upside upside strength, along with maybe the normal pullback that we tend to see pre-election or midterm year. But overall, market still looks really good to us. 
Ryan, with all this good news breaking out, I hate to be the downer, but I want to talk a little bit about the theme of our show today, which is looking ahead for retirees and the perfect storm. Obviously, we've got uh, this bull market that has been going uh, strong, and and the short term, we see that continuing. But we also have some headwinds ahead of us in terms of eventually when this bull market ends – and the specter of rising interest rates. We're already seeing the Fed beginning to tighten a little bit as far as interest rates are concerned. The market is driving longer term rates. And so uh, obviously we're on the upswing in terms of interest rates, not the downswing that we've had for the last 30 years. Talk a little bit about the fact that people are going to be looking at retirement into this confluence of circumstances that we haven't seen in a long time. Well, that's right. You know, when you talk about the Fed, obviously the yield curve has been well known to keep it simple. When the yield curve inverts, nine of the last nine recessions had an inverted yield curve. And we're not inverted yet, but we're getting flat. And that's kind of one of our bit. You talk about concerns. I mentioned the calendar is a concern, but just Fed policy. Could there be a Fed policy mistake? The Fed is supposed to raise hike rates two more times this year, maybe three times that uh, next year. And if that were to happen, where things stand right now, that would lead to an inverted yield curve. And historically speaking, about 19 months after an inverted yield curve is when you tend to see a recession. So, you know, maybe we're you know, rounding second, maybe at shortstop. So we still have some a ways to go. But our big concern is definitely could more inflation start to creep in? Could there be more rate hikes? And could that lead to an inverted yield curve, which, again, is nine of the last nine recessions going back to the 50s uh, took place after an inverted yield curve. So we're not there yet. But you're absolutely right, John, that those are some of the things we're worried about. And as in, as longer-term investors and people getting closer to retirement, they need to shift their portfolios and maybe be a little more uh, cognizant of that and a little more defensive as, as we kind of age in this economic cycle and eventually get to the finish line. But fortunately, we think we are maybe another year or two away, but there's still time to um, position those portfolios. Brian, when we came back from the LPL National Conference focus in Boston this year, we gave our input to our listeners about what we learned and and what we came out of that experience with. So what is your one minute wrap up on your take from focus this year? Well, Focus was a great opportunity for the LPL research team to get out and meet all of our wonderful advisors and teams that we work with like yourselves. I mean, it it was great to do that. You know, we did various uh, presentations. We released a podcast. So I know it's fun to do these things like this. John Lynch, our chief investment strategist, and myself, we're starting to do a weekly podcast now at LPL Research for different ways to get our voice out there for our advisors and our investors. And overall, it's just a really nice opportunity to kind of get in your heads, ask you what's working, what's not working. And really, we go back with um, focus is, is a very time-consuming, very draining experience, but it's also <laughs> a lot of fun. And then we get a chance to kind of figure out what we just learned and how we can make what we do at Elpo Research better for you guys, the advisor, advisors, and how we can help grow your businesses. We've been talking with senior market strategist Ryan Dietrich from LPL Financial. Ryan, we're out of time for this week, but we thank you again for joining us, and we'll talk to you again next month. Thank you. I look forward to that opportunity. Take care, guys. We'll be right back after this. Stick around. More straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money right after this. If you aren't following us on social media, you're missing out. Check out behind-the-scenes photos, money tips, and informational videos. Just search for GenWealth on Facebook or follow us at GenWealthFA on Twitter. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Final Saturday in August, meaning the final uh, week of our month-long going back to the classroom theme. It's Retirement 101, and we're talking about the perfect storm that could be brewing in the financial markets, especially if you are retiring in five years or less. We want your ears tuned to this program to talk about this today. And as we get ready to jump back in, I do want to remind everyone uh, that if you missed any of our talk about Retirement 101 in August, you can always go back and check out our podcast via iTunes or Stitcher. Or even better yet, you could get a good recap and maybe even some more knowledge by attending our next Gen Wealth Academy workshop. It's entitled Financial Fundamentals, things you need to know to, to be the foundation of your retirement plan, of your savings plan, of your investing plan. And it's coming up September 11th, 630 at the Crown Plaza in Little Rock. Absolutely free to attend as all of our Gen Wealth Academy workshops always are. Dinner provided, 630 is the start time. Take about an hour and a half of your evening. Bring your questions. What have you been thinking about when it comes to your finances? All you have to do to register is go to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events. 
We just need a record of attendance to kind of know how many people are coming, but it's absolutely free to attend. And if you're in the Conway area, we want to tell you about our next Gen Wealth Academy workshop there. It is entitled The Three Big Risks in in terms of the three big risks to your retirement. September 18th at 6.30 at Mike's Place in Conway. Chad Roller and myself will be uh, discussing that Gen Wealth Academy workshop. Same place, getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events to sign up there. Always a Gen Wealth Academy workshop around the corner. If you want a list of those, you can find it at our website. So guys, as we talk about this perfect storm, and, and we alluded to it a little bit with our inter- in our interview with Ryan Dietrich just moments ago, John, but the reason I think it's been deemed in a couple of different publications as the perfect storm is because it doesn't come around very often, and in this case, it may have never happened before. I don't remember a time, and I, I haven't really done deep research on this to go back and look, but we never have had so many people dependent upon the market for their retirement when True. this has happened. Let's say it that way. Because mm-hmm. uh, we've had so many more pensions in the past. Yeah, we've had pensions in the past and had Social Security and that type of thing, but but even further back than that, people just didn't invest in the market right. as, as a whole. So in modern times, let's say, at least in my career, which has spanned 30 years, we've never had a situation where we've had an end of a bull market approaching and a significant change in the interest rate environment. And that pretends some negative things for stocks. It pretends some negative things for bonds uh, if you're not careful with what you're doing with bonds. And so we believe that this is a uh, not just doomsday or anything of that nature, but it is a, a heightened alert. Let's, let's call it like almost, a, let's put it in Arkansas terms, it's like a tornado watch. It mm-hmm. isn't a tornado warning, mm-hmm. but it is like a tornado watch. It just means that we should be on a little bit more alert about how we're planning our portfolios. And I think that that it's just good prudence to do that. And I think that the first thing that I would say is, do you have a plan? Yeah. You know, I think that's the, the biggest question is, do you have a plan? Do you have some strategy to navigate what's coming? Well, I liken it. You you talk about the Arkansas tornadoes and the tornado watch. I was going to bring up the analogy of a weather forecast. We just talked with Ryan about kind of the seven-day outlook, the short-term right. forecast. What we're talking about today is the long-term. Sometimes they'll put that 18 to 14 or even a month out. You may even be getting into farmer's almanac territory here. Yeah. We don't know yeah. when it's going to happen, right? But we know that economic cycles go up and they go down, historically speaking, and we've been going up for a long time. Well, I, I wanted to bring Mark into the conversation here. Mark, yeah. one of the things that, that I think uh, we've got to guard against is something called recency bias. Mm-hmm. And that is the, that people get used to things as they are right now and, and how they've happened, let's say, over the last six months or a year, and to think that that's how it's going to be going forward. And that could be a dangerous thing in this type of situation. Absolutely. I mean, we've seen that since 2009. It's been, you know, we're like Janet said earlier, it's been one of the uh, longest entering the longest bull market. So that tends to give us some a false sense of, uh, of long term uh, expectant- expectations. So that's definitely something that we're going to have to battle. And so when you when you think about that, you you have to play a little bit of a psychology yeah, game here, do. Janet, because you have to get people to think it ain't as good as it always has been or, or it has been recently. That's not necessarily where we're going in the future. So let me make you feel better before we dive into the problem even more. We will present a solution for this before the end of the show. So tune in. Don't just be, OK, they're all depressing and everything. <laughs> we'll give you a solution. But we want you to fully understand the problem. So so many people go into retirement without the plan, John, that you referenced. They just go into retirement and go, okay, I need to take some income. They don't have any idea how much. They don't know how much is safe for them to take. And they certainly don't have a plan for where they're going to take those assets from from which pool of investments. Or do they even have a pool of investments? Maybe it's just all into company stock. We've seen that. And it's terrifying, frankly, when we look at it from the advisor perspective. So when you think about 
about going into retirement, you have to understand whether you're about to go up a hill in terms of the value of your investments or down the other side of it. And we feel like the likelihood for those retiring in the next five years, there has to be a downturn coming. Again, we're not saying it's right now, but there has to be one coming. And we're concerned not only about the stock market, but also about the bond market. So where do you go? Mm-hmm. And and let's talk a little bit more about what that problem really represents, like reverse dollar cost averaging, yeah. John. Yeah. yeah, so so you've got to think about when you're withdrawing from a portfolio, if you take the typical approach, uh, the typical approach, the, the conventional wisdom, the rule of dumb, as I like to call it, is that you set up your portfolio, you diversify it out, and then you withdraw 4% from that portfolio come what may. And now the the bean counters will tell you, well, if it goes down, then you have to adjust your withdrawal. Mm-hmm. Well, that works on paper, but it doesn't work at the kitchen table when you're trying to pay bills. Well, let's define what that portfolio is supposed to look like in retirement. Well, and and, and I think there's what the, the conventional wisdom is, and then there's what the reality is. Right. I think the conventional wisdom would say that you should have a, a 60-40 well-diversified portfolio, 60% stocks, 40% bonds, and, and the bonds will mitigate the stock risk and and you'll be okay. That works until it doesn't, and it doesn't in a rising interest rate environment. So let's walk through, and 2008 was not the perfect storm as as we're talking about right now because we didn't have the impact on bonds, but let's just use that as an example because we can do the math pretty easily. So let's say that you're rolling into uh, retirement and you have a million dollars going into that downturn. Well, we all know the market was down 40%. Okay, so if you you had a million dollars and you were using the 4% withdrawal rule of dumb, as we call it, then you were withdrawing $40,000. That was your game plan for retirement. You were going to withdraw $40,000, thinking that the investments would make that up and sustain itself and potentially grow. Well, you got a surprise because the market went down 40%. So now your million dollars is 600000 That's a wake-up call. Mm-hmm. So now if you continue to withdraw, here's the problem, everybody catch this, if you continue to withdraw 40%, that's now a 6.7% withdrawal 40, rate. 40,000. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm yeah. So, yeah, not 40%. That'd be great. That'd be a bad decision, <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> if you continue to withdraw $40,000 a year, that is now a 6.7% withdrawal rate. It is doomed. There's yes. no way it's going to recover. Mm-hmm. But if you say, okay, I'm going to stick to the 4%, well, now it's 4% of 600,000, not 4% of a million. And so it's now, instead of a 40,000, a year income. Now it's a $24,000 a year income. Houston, we have a problem. Okay. You're either going to be withdrawing way too much to maintain the portfolio, or you're going to be withdrawing way too little to maintain your standard of living. So going back to that perfect storm that could potentially be brewing, if that happened and you were 100% in equities, you drop 40%, right? And so the conventional wisdom is out there that you buffer some of that by being 40% in fixed income. But John, that's where we are in uncharted territory because the bond market is in a rising interest rate environment. Yeah, and the traditional bond market portfolio would have you investing in intermediate and long-term bonds to get a yield that was sufficient to to basically offset that risk. But that doesn't work because in a rising interest rate environment, long-term bonds, the longer the term of that bond, the more sensitive it is to a rise in interest rates. So when the bond prices, I'm sorry, when bond interest rates begin to go up, bond prices are going to go down. And And so you could have this sort of double whammy if you're not very, very tactical with what you're doing from a portfolio standpoint. And obviously, we've got some things that we do here at GenWealth that we believe that can mitigate this risk. And we'll talk about those on the other side of the break. But I just want to be sure that everybody understands that it is not going to be the most perfect time to retire. As a matter of fact, it could be one of those times that uh, you might have at least the thought, Janet, of, of maybe, well, do I need to retire yeah. right now? I mean, you, you talked about that recency bias. Let's talk about that in terms of bonds specifically. If you go back to when interest rates were relatively high, significantly higher, in fact, you go back to, let's say, 1980. So we get into end of Carter, beginning of Reagan administration there, and you could go to the bank at that point and get a, a CD for 15%. Right? Now, you were also paying double digits on your interest on your mortgage, but interest rates were high. 
So since that time, interest rates have come down steadily, and that means that bond prices have gone up. Guys, we're talking about almost 40 years of that having happened. And so anytime we see something happen for 40 years, we begin to think it's permanent. It is not, and that's that's where we are. The tide is beginning to turn, and you have to pay attention to that. So when we talk about defining this perfect storm, and, and you look at what we've just talked about here in this segment, more of us are relying on our own resources to retire. Pensions are disappearing. Social security is likely not going to be enough. So when you look at the portfolios uh, that you have in your 401k or in your IRAs, how is that going to provide you income in retirement? And if you are five years or less away from pulling the trigger, from walking away from your career and beginning that retirement lifestyle, do you have a plan in place to provide you and your spouse with that income over time, especially in light of what we're talking about here today with that perfect storm brewing, with a bear market at some point coming around the corner and interest rates on bonds affecting the bond prices that could give you negative returns on your investments. The first step in building that plan is to reach out to us at GenWealth, 501-653-7355. Again, it's 501-653-7355 to set up your first appointment with a GenWealth advisor. But we're going to get into our final segment in just a moment when we come back after the break, and we're going to talk about our solution to that perfect storm that is brewing. Stay with us. Have a financial question? Want answers? Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, your location, and your question. And we'll answer your question on the air. We've got Gen Wealth Academy workshops happening in your area. To find out more, visit our website at www.getreadyforthefuture.com slash events. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. The next opportunities for you to attend a Gen Wealth Academy workshop are coming up in the month of September. The next one is September 11th at 6.30 at the Crown Plaza in Little Rock, entitled Financial Fundamentals. We've been talking all August long about going back to the classroom as the kids go back to school all across the state. We've been talking about getting back to the basics. We've called it Retirement 101, and that's kind of what this uh, workshop is about, Financial Fundamentals, laying the foundation for your retirement, for your investment strategy, just for maybe even a budget, all kinds of things you can learn no matter where you are in your journey towards retirement. September 11th, 630 Crown Plaza in Little Rock. And September 18th, we'll be in Conway at Mike's Place at 630 for the Gen Wealth Academy workshop, The Three Big Risks. The Three Big Risks to Your Retirement. What do you need to know about them? What are those risks? What do you need to know about them? And what do you need to do to prepare for them? You can sign up for free at GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash events. Well, we're into our final segment today talking about the perfect storm that could be brewing in the financial markets and how it could affect you, especially if you're retiring in, let's say, five years or less. And we talked, John, about that, as you call it, the rule of dumb, the 4% withdrawal rule that's been around the industry for a long time. And you've been exposed to some experts in the industry who are now saying to really do it safely, it's more like less than three, 2.7%. And I think that's a place that really the listeners need to think about. Can you withdraw something as low as 2.7% from your portfolio, and is that going to be enough income for you yeah, for your let retirement? Me, let me let me rail against academia for just a second. Yeah. These folks that, that, that sit around and, and come up with all this yeah. stuff have no relation to how it is in the real world. And so when somebody says, oh, well, let's just drop it to 2.7%, then I hear every hardworking American out there yeah. go, what? Yeah. You've got to be kidding me. Yeah. This That can't work. I, I can't live on 2.7% of what I didn't save enough of in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you right. know? Valid. Right. And, and so you've got to think about that. But I think the thing that you've got to do in a situation like this is that strategy is the key. And having a strategic plan to deal with this is, is very good. Let me tell you what you shouldn't do. Number one, you shouldn't just whistle in the dark and act like it's not going to happen and just say, come what may. That's never a good idea. And so, uh, number one, you, you can't just accept the risk. That doesn't make any sense. The thing also that you can't do is you can't 
avoid the risk, meaning that, okay, so stocks and bonds are going to be kind of tough over the next few years, so I'm just going to get out of the stock and bond market and not worry about it. That doesn't work because you still have inflation to deal with. You still have growth to deal with. You still have low interest rates to deal with. So you can't go put your money in the bank and, and just say, okay, I'm just going to be very, very safe unless you have a massive amount of money. Now, most people that you and I know, Scott, don't have a massive amount of money that they could go do that. If you do, then okay, then that might be a strategy. But until then, you've got to have a different strategy. Yeah, and our ready-to-retire process here at GenWealth, a key component of that is the income for life model. And that is the illustration that we provide all of our planning clients and all of our clients in, in general as they walk into retirement. And we're going to talk in the last few minutes of our show today about what that income for life model process is. And we've you've heard us, if you've listened much to the show, you've heard us talk about this bucketing strategy. And the idea is, is when we talk back to that 60-40 split, we're breaking that apart. We're breaking it into segments and an investment strategy to provide you a consistent income over time. And it's all about where, John, you're taking the money from. Because as we talked about in the previous segment, when you're in the accumulation phase, when stock prices go down and you're buying, it's a really good deal. When you're in the distribution phase, which is what all of us enter into in retirement, when we're trying to get income off of our portfolio, selling at the wrong time is a really bad idea. It really is. And let me be clear as we enter into the discussion of the income for life model, there is no strategy, none, that is going to assure your success in retirement. That's right. It is called investing because there is risk involved in it. And there's risk in everything. It doesn't matter if you put your money in the bank, there is inflation risk in the bank. Now, you don't have any principal risk in the bank, but the question is, what's your principal worth at the end of that right. time? But uh, so the, the key here is to understand that that no strategy assures success, but you got to stack all the cards as best you can in your favor. And so when you think about a bucketing strategy, the thing that you want to do is you want to have a safe money bucket. You want to have money that you know for the first five to 10 years of your retirement that you can buffer whatever storm might be coming. Because Mark, when you think about the fact that that we could have lots of volatility, both in the stock and bond market, then the way to protect yourself is to kind of create almost this harbor of calm water, so to speak, that you can pull from in retirement. That's right, John. And one of the big reasons why uh, is, you know, going back to uh, what Janet said in the earlier segment, the first five to 10 years in uh, retirement uh, really determines quite a bit. So research shows that uh, the remaining balance uh, in the portfolio after the first 10 years can uh, give a variation of 80% in the remaining 20 years, uh, considering a 30-year retirement. So absolutely, you want to be safe within those first five years. And that's that's a challenge that we see coming up for people in this perfect storm. If this is something that you have not intentionally, on paper, on purpose addressed, then we would highly recommend that you sit down with an advisor who will not only give you a product, but a plan. That is the most important piece of this, is to plan for how you're going to deal with the perfect storm. We know that it's coming. It's just a question of when. And Scott, when you think about the income for life model, we, we said that you, you can't, unless you have a massive amount of money, you can't accept the risk. Unless you just are, are crazy, you can't avoid the risk because you're going to get hit with the inflation factor as far as your retirement is concerned. So what do you do? Well, in the income for life model, we believe that there's two other techniques, uh, not avoidance or not acceptance, but certainly transferring the risk and managing the risk. Managing the risk comes into play with the investment selections and the way that you do these bucket strategies. On that front end, you want to, as we said a moment ago, have a, a segment or two of safe money, money that you know that you're going to get back and that it buffers from a time standpoint the the effects of that, that downturn in the market where you're not having to sell when the market is down. That's called reverse dollar cost averaging. Dollar cost averaging is a good strategy 
on the way up, but reverse dollar cost strat- uh, averaging is a bad strategy when you're decumulating or when you're taking money out of a portfolio. So you want to be able to manage the risk through that bucketing strategy. Also, you want to think about transferring the risk. And yes. Janet, transferring the risk simply means by by essentially maybe a portion of your portfolio, you want to, to take that and hand that off to somebody that will take that risk on. We believe that it's very important to meet your required got to have it expenses with guaranteed it's going to be their money okay and that's that's as basic as it gets that um, you know that if your house burns down there's an insurance company that's going to step up and give you a check and you don't you do that because you don't want to have to replace your home well if your home is worth $200,000 and you have investments also valued at $200,000, they really have the same value. There's no way on the planet that we could talk you into canceling your homeowner's insurance because that'd just be dumb. You'd be taking on a risk that you don't want to take. Well, what's more likely? That your house will burn down or that in the light of this perfect storm that your investments might lose some value? I think the answer is obvious that it's the investments. And so do you want to transfer? Does it make sense? And it doesn't make sense for everybody. But for some, there is a need to transfer some of that risk to an insurance company. Same concept as what you're doing on your house in order to know that you will have the income that you need from those investments. And I want to go back to what the the uh, newest member of the GenWealth team just said. I, I, you could absolutely blow past that and not catch it if you're not careful. He talked about that first five years of retirement, meaning basically being a, a determining factor of how your portfolio is going to survive going forward. I want you to stop and think about that. If you are in a situation where you begin to pull money out of that portfolio when it's down, you're just making it worse. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to have a different strategy than than what uh, is out there generally in the marketplace, because most people, most advisors subscribe to this 4% rule and go, eh, the markets will work it out. It'll be fine. That works until it doesn't. And this could be a time coming up when it doesn't. So the big takeaway in today's show is, is if you're encroaching upon retirement in the next five years, it is the critical time to put the plan in place, Mark, because if you wait until retirement, it's not that it's too late, but you've still got time to really set things up if you're coming in before you actually retire. Well, it makes perfect sense. I mean, in an uh, article with uh, Investment News last week, uh, the chief investment uh, strategist at Northern Trust is uh, saying that we were going to have at least a 20% market decline over the next five years. Now, for investors looking to get into the market, yeah, that's a great entry point. But you know, for those uh, that are looking to their assets for their primary or only source of income, it's pretty bad news. Yeah. So if you'd like to learn more about the Income for Life model and its role inside the GenWealth Ready to Retire process, here's how you get started. Write this phone number down, 501-653-7355. Again, it's 501-653-7355. You can call it today, but keep in mind it is a Saturday and our offices are closed. You can leave a voicemail message. We'll get back to you on Monday, or you can call first thing Monday morning, and you can talk to Anna Olive. She is our client introductory specialist. She will get some information from you, get some times that work for you, schedule about a two-hour complimentary appointment with a GenWealth advisor and hopefully a GenWealth advisor team. And as we talked about earlier in the show, we're working towards the Diamond Team concept. You'll meet with two GenWealth advisors to talk about your income, to talk about your investment strategy as this perfect storm brews out there. Well, that's all the time we have this week for the Get Ready for the Future show. We hope you'll join us for a GenWealth Academy workshop, and we hope you'll join us again next time on the show. See you next Saturday. The GenWealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 844-869-PLAN. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of GenWealth Financial Advisors and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIP. Thank you.